Thanks, Rob. Appreciate your musical gifts. Um, I really covet your prayers. You probably saw on the bulletin, I think it's on the right side, that uh, this afternoon I'll be heading off to my annual uh, personal uh, retreat, planning for next year, um, looking for God's direction as to where we'll go in the teaching. We're nearing the end of this year and of the plan for this year. Today we finish a series, and then next week uh, start a Christmas series called He Will Be Called, and we'll be looking at some of the, the names and titles given to Jesus as he came uh, to live among us. Um, but be praying, please. I'll be gone until Wednesday afternoon, and uh, all by myself, almost, God will be there. And uh, I covet that because I need his direction. And uh, everything that is decided at this retreat is going to impact you. So that's why it really is something I take seriously. So please be in prayer for me. Um, as far as today is concerned, like I said, we're going to conclude this uh, series that we've been doing for the last few weeks called Believe. And I don't consider myself a prophet. I would never say I'm a prophet. But um, I have a feeling, okay? I, I just think that there's a possibility that Christmas will be different for someone here today, this year. And it will be because you will be different for Christmas, um, especially if you've been with us as we've gone through this series, um, I believe God is building t toward today that he's been doing that, uh, because today we answer the final question, which is the most important question of the entire series. So uh, pray with me, and uh, we'll do that. Our Lord, we thank you for your presence here today. Father, we we need your presence. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for your presence. Why be here to worship someone who's not here? Uh, but you're here with us, Lord, and we have been worshiping you. And now we're asking you to speak to our hearts. God, I'm just believing that you have been speaking to hearts and minds in the last weeks and that uh, your word and your spirit have been moving in lives uh, maybe to this day, to this uh, next half hour or so, Lord. And so, God, I ask that uh, if that's the case, that you would do uh, your work uh, as we look at your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the Merriam-Webster Dictionary has chosen its word of the year for 2023, and it's as if they knew what we were talking about these days, because the word that they have chosen as the word of the year for 2023 is the word authentic. Authentic. What does that mean? It means real, true, genuine. Interesting choice by Merriam-Webster Dictionary. It's as though somebody knew what we were talking about 
and moved people with Merriam-Webster. Because we've been talking about salvation and talking about belief. And as we've been doing this, I'm sure you've caught that I'm suggesting there are people who call themselves Christians, but they're not being authentic. They call themselves Christians, but they really aren't. It's not genuine. The statement isn't true. They might think it is. They may have been told it is. But they are not experiencing what I would call genuine, real, saving belief. And so we've been kind of unpacking that whole idea of what it means to believe. And what kind of belief is it, according to Scripture, that brings God's salvation to a person's life? Um, And so the first study, we talked about what the Bible says in answer to the question, how does a person receive God's salvation? And we looked at 14 different scriptures, which were just a sampling, but 14 different scriptures that answered that question the same way. And the answer was believe in Jesus. Three words. Believe in Jesus. That's how you receive God's salvation. And... uh, What we've been doing then throughout the series is asking the question, what kind of belief is it? And um, we've been talking about some kinds of belief it's not. And today, finally, Merry Christmas. We're going to unwrap the gift. And I'm going to share with you what kind of belief it is that brings God's salvation. But first, let's just talk about that little phrase. That's the answer to the question. How does a person receive God's salvation? The answer is believe in Jesus. Three words. So let's think about that just briefly. First of all, it says believe in Jesus. Let's focus on that for a couple minutes. We receive God's salvation by believing in Jesus. In other words, in a person. We don't receive God's salvation by believing in a thing. We don't receive God's salvation by believing in an idea. We don't receive God's salvation by believing in a church organization. We don't receive God's salvation by believing in traditions. It's very clear. We receive God's salvation by believing in a person. And one person. Believe in Jesus. The scripture doesn't say there are a number of persons that are options. That if you believe in any of them, you'll receive God's salvation. Scripture says, 
You receive salvation by believing in one person and one person only, Jesus. A couple places where that's mentioned, Acts chapter 4, the 12th verse. The verse before has been talking about Jesus. And in verse 12, it says, salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. There's no other name, no other person. One person, Jesus. And you remember what Jesus himself said to his disciples in the upper room. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. So he, he narrowed it down, didn't he? And God's salvation comes to those who believe in Jesus. It's a person, and it's only one person, Jesus. And it's by believing in who he is. Who is Jesus? God, come in the flesh. And believing what he did for us. He died for our sins on the cross, right? He rose again so that those who believe in him could have the hope of eternal life. That's what he did. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We received God's salvation by believing in a person, the person of Jesus Christ, him alone. We believe who he is and we believe what he has done for us. We believe in Jesus. But let's look at another word in that phrase, that answer to how do we receive God's salvation. It's by believing in Jesus. Believing in Jesus. Um, we learn that uh, the word believe in Scripture comes from the same Greek word, pistuo, that the word faith comes from. So they're one and the same. So we receive God's salvation by believing in Jesus, by having faith, putting our faith in Jesus. Believe. And so we've been trying to answer the question then, if, if the key is believing in Jesus, what kind of belief is that? Why do we even ask that question? Is it because we're being uh, challenging? You know? No, it's because... There are different kinds of belief. We have to know what kind of belief this is talking about that brings salvation. Um, we start getting the idea there are different kinds of beliefs in something James said in James chapter 2 in his letter. <clears throat> Verse 14, and we, we looked at this before in the series. James 2.14, he says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith or claims to believe, but has no deeds, can that kind of faith, that kind of belief, save them? And as you read the rest of the passage, his answer is no. So he's saying there are different kinds of belief. And there are certain kinds of belief that don't bring salvation. And in his passage here, he talks about dead belief, dead faith. 
versus living faith, living belief. It's the living faith, the living belief that brings salvation, not a dead faith. So then what we did in the second study was we talked about the belief that James is referring to. And we called it acknowledgement belief. It's where you acknowledge in your mind, you, you give assent, you agree with the facts. Yes, I believe there is a Jesus. I believe that Jesus came to earth. He was born in a manger and he lived here for 33 years. I believe that. I celebrate Christmas. I believe he died on the cross. I celebrate Good Friday. I believe he rose again. I celebrate Easter. But that's the extent of the belief. It's just an acknowledgement. I agree with the facts. I accept the facts. It's just up here. Intellectual assent. It doesn't go any further. It doesn't affect the life. It doesn't change anything. But it's a belief. But it's not the belief that brings salvation. James makes that clear. So then last week, we talked about another kind of belief that doesn't bring salvation. And we called it preference belief. And we looked at John chapter 6, where people called disciples ended up walking away from Jesus and never following him again. And in John chapter 8, we looked at people of whom the scripture there says they believed. And then there's a conversation between Jesus and those who believed. And at the end of the conversation, those believers take up stones to kill Jesus. Change their mind pretty quick. And they kind of follow that uh, sower in the seed parable where one of the kinds of soils represented people who uh, hear the word and immediately out of joy and excitement, they receive it. But Jesus says there's no root. It's surface, surface. It's a surface belief, it's just a preference. It's driven by excitement. It's driven by joy. It's driven by emotion. It's driven by pressure. But it's driven by something that's very shallow, very supernatural or um, whatever the word is. But it's very shallow. And uh, it doesn't bring salvation. It's temporary. Because when the joy, when the emotion, when the pressure, when whatever it was that caused them to prefer to believe at the time is gone, they're gone. They walk away. And can I add a scripture to your notes from last week, it's not easy to hear, but it goes along with the preference belief. First John chapter two. First John chapter two. I suggest to you this is talking about preference belief, a belief that does not bring salvation, and I think that's what John is saying. Verse eighteen. 1 John 2.18, Dear children, this is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, the Antichrist, that 
person that the Bible talks about. This is how we know it's the last hour. And then look at verse 19. He has just said there's the Antichrist, but there's many other Antichrists, people that are opposed to Christ. And this is what he says about those many people opposed to Christ. Verse 19, they went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. That's the sower and the seed soil. Temporary. Just a a short preference to believe. Um, But eventually, because there's no root, there's nothing that's affecting the life, they walk away. Because what was driving the belief, caused them to prefer to believe at the time, is gone. And John says, when they walk away, they are proving something. They were never real, authentic, genuine. Why? I suggest to you, he says, if they were real, they would have remained. There is a remaining quality to the belief that saves. And so that kind of goes along with the preference belief. And so today, we're going to be talking about what is the belief then that brings salvation. We've already seen it's not the acknowledgement belief. It's not the preference belief. There's one more word in our answer to what brings God's salvation. We've talked about Jesus. It's believing in Jesus. One person, Jesus. It's believing in him, in Jesus. And it's not an acknowledgement belief, just in the head, accepting the facts. It's not this preference belief that's driven by something that's shallow and it's temporary. The third important word in that phrase is just two letters. But it's crucial. We receive God's salvation by believing in Jesus. That word in is so significant. It's what makes the difference in the kinds of belief. What does it mean to believe in Jesus. Well, it does not mean to believe about Jesus. <clears throat> okay? That's the acknowledgement belief. Oh, yeah, I believe Jesus came. I believe he lived. I believe he lived a sinless life. I believe he died on the cross. I believe he rose again. Okay? That's believing about Jesus. That's important. But even the demons believe that, James said. It's just that acknowledgement belief. We're not talking here about believing about Jesus. That's not what believe in Jesus means. It doesn't mean to believe Jesus, you know, to believe the things he taught, to hear or read the things that Jesus said, and to say, I believe, I believe Jesus. That's not what the Scripture says brings salvation. It's important to believe Jesus. We better believe Jesus when he says something. But that's not what this is saying. 
It's not believe about. It's not believe Jesus. It's believe, what's the word? In. What does it mean to believe in somebody? To believe in something. To believe in Jesus. To believe in means you trust. You place your trust in, in this case, Jesus. You trust your life with Jesus. It means to rely upon, to believe in. You rely upon Jesus. You depend on. That's what it means to believe in. You depend on. It means that you give yourself over to. There are many things we believe about. There are many things different people say that we believe But to turn our life over, to believe in that person, to the point we would give ourselves over to, that's another thing. But that's what it means to believe in somebody. It's surrender. That's believing in. It makes a difference. It impacts your whole life when you choose to believe in someone. And in this case, in Jesus. It's a personal commitment to. It's the willingness to have a relationship. You can believe about somebody and never have a relationship with them. You can believe what they say, but never have a relationship with them. But if you're going to believe in them, you're giving yourself over to them for a relationship. And so that little word in is really important. In all those phrases in Scripture, we receive God's salvation by believing in Jesus. Okay, finally. It's not acknowledgement belief, it's not preference belief. So what do we call this belief that's believing in Jesus that brings salvation? We're going to call it conviction belief. There's acknowledgement belief. It's not the kind of belief that brings salvation. There's preference belief. It's not the kind of belief that brings salvation. What brings salvation is believing in Jesus, and it's a conviction belief. <clears throat> what does the word conviction mean? It means to be convinced. To be convicted means to be convinced. The belief that saves is a belief that includes being convinced. And it's a convincing that leads to a life-impacting response. And the key to that is life-impacting. That's the difference between acknowledgement belief, preference belief, and conviction belief. Acknowledgement belief doesn't really impact the life, how the life is lived. You're thinking, you're behaving, you're speaking. It never gets beyond the head, the intellectual ascent. Preference belief 
isn't life impacting. Maybe for a little while it looks like it, but it's so shallow that eventually it's not there anymore. It, it doesn't have this impacting of your life. But conviction belief is being so convinced that you will give yourself over to Jesus in a way that impacts your entire life. Your character, your thinking, your conduct, your speech. Now, it doesn't mean you become perfect instantly. But it does mean something starts to happen. There's an impact on the life that begins because of this conviction belief. We become convinced that we are sinners. We don't just say, yeah, I'm a sinner. We become convinced we are sinners and what that means. And we become convinced that we need saving. It means that we become convinced of who Jesus is. We are convinced. It becomes a convincing of what he did. We, we are convinced that Jesus died for me. That he actually bore my sins. I'm convinced. And he did that so I could be forgiven. And I become convinced that he rose again. He's alive. And that he can give hope. I'm convinced. I'm convinced I need Jesus. I'm convinced I need his salvation. I'm convinced I need what only he can provide in my life. There's nothing I can do to make it happen. But I become convinced of this. And what does that kind of belief do? It moves us to action. It moves us to a life-impacting response. And I surrender my life to Jesus. I give over my life. I put my trust in. And I decide I'm going to rely on Jesus. I'm going to depend on Jesus. I'm going to follow Jesus. That's conviction belief. And, and the Bible talks about that. You know, we've, we've been talking about James. If you read James 2, 14 and on, that's what he's talking about. <clears throat> he's saying a belief that doesn't impact your life is dead. But a faith or a belief that impacts your life is living. It impacts your living. If you look at... Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, which is a real familiar one and a favorite one of many of us, it says very clearly we are saved by God's grace through faith, not works. We don't earn our salvation. But then in the next verse it says we are saved by grace through faith so that we can do good works. You see, true saving faith 
impacts our life. And Ephesians 2.10 says that was God's plan from the beginning. That the people who would come to him by believing, conviction, belief, would see it impacting their life. The good works won't save them, but the faith that saves them, the belief that saves them, leads to a different life. It impacts the whole life. Um, when Paul was preaching in the book of Acts, he said that his message was that people needed to repent of their sins and turn to God and then bring forth the fruit of that repentance. In other words, it should impact your life. There should be a difference. That's what saving faith does. It leads you to repentance, turning to God, turning to Jesus, but then it also begins to impact your life. That's true saving belief. And then, of course, 2 Corinthians, uh, if you would look at that. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians 5. <clears throat> Verse 15. Talking about Jesus. And he died for all. So how many of us in this place today does that include? All. He died for all. That those who live should no longer live for themselves. And how many in this place today live for themselves? Jesus died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them. And was raised again. That's saving belief. When you turn from living for yourself to living for the one who died for you, you're so convinced that you need him. It impacts your life and you live for him. And then verse 17, therefore, <clears throat> if anyone is in Christ, if you've come to this salvation through conviction, belief, the new creation has come. You're a different person. You're a different person. The old is gone. The new is here. What, what Paul is saying is that when you truly come to Christ, it makes a difference. Many of you are familiar with Francis Chan. He doesn't mince words if you've read his books or, or heard him at all. And uh, in his book on the Holy Spirit, uh, he makes a statement. He, he, he talks about how, you know, when we, when we come to Christ for salvation and we're saved, the Bible teaches that God places his Holy Spirit in us. And Francis Chan just says, if God's Holy Spirit is in you, really, how can there be no difference? How can there be no change? How can there not be a new creation? What are you saying about the Holy Spirit if He can come into your life and you're the same old person? What He's saying is if any man or woman or child or teenager is in Christ, has believed in Jesus with the conviction belief, it is going to affect your life. It's going to be a life-impacting thing. And again, you're not perfect, 
but you begin to see difference. Paul says in Romans 8 that it's the Spirit of God in us that bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. The Spirit of God makes a difference when He's inside of you. In 1 John, John says, we know that we are in Christ. We know we've been born of Him because of the Spirit who is in us. Having the Spirit of God in us makes a difference. There should be evidence. It might be big, it might be little. Let me just share this. A long time ago, I'm talking about my life here, but a long time ago, I, I started um, practicing this thing where if, if God gave me the opportunity to pray for somebody for salvation, uh, to be there when they um, place their conviction, belief in Jesus and turn their life over to him, um, confess their sins, I decided that after that happened in that setting, that I would suggest to this person that we have a prayer together asking God that soon he would give this person a manifestation. That's a big word and it sounds spooky. So um, an evidence, okay, but that we would pray that God would give this person an evidence. It could be just a big thing. Or little thing. It doesn't matter. But just something that would affirm to this person that this was real. That Jesus has really come into your life. Because we need that, don't we? It's important. And, uh, and it's amazing how God answers that prayer. And I've had people come back to me and say, Wow. You won't believe this, but just tonight or yesterday or, or last week, just a few days after I prayed to, to surrender my life to Christ, this happened or, or this thing occurred or I noticed this in my life. And we celebrated that it was an evidence that this was real because only God could have done that. And I read about someone who uh, had come to Christ and the person who helped him actually prayed that prayer with him. You know, Lord, give whoever it was, Johnny or whatever, um, a manifestation. That was the word he used, but evidence, something that will affirm to them that this is real, what has happened to them. And this guy went home, and in the morning when he woke up, he had his answer to prayer. His affirmation from God. And so he called this friend who had prayed with him. And he said, you won't believe it. God gave me that affirmation. This thing is real. Jesus is really in me. His spirit is in me. You know how he knew? He said, the moment I woke up in my bed, my very first thought was that I needed to pray for my mother-in-law. He said, we have not gotten along. We have nothing to do with each other. And when I woke up, the fact that she was the first person on my mind and I had a desire to pray for her, that was God telling me this salvation thing is real. 
I'm a new creation. It's starting to impact my life already. Isn't that cool? You see, that's conviction belief. It makes a difference. It's real. It's genuine. It changes us. Maybe little by little, but it changes us. We should be able to see evidence that it's real. It's authentic. It's genuine. And maybe some of you have testimonies similar to that. That when you placed your conviction belief in Jesus and surrendered your life to him, it wasn't long before you realized something was different about you. And the only explanation was Jesus was in your life because you could have never changed that. You could have never stopped thinking that. You could have never stopped talking like that on your own. Anybody have a testimony like that? That it didn't take long before there was evidence that this thing is real? It's genuine. That's what conviction belief does. It's the real deal. Acknowledgement belief doesn't do that. It's just agreeing with some facts in your head. That's it. Preference belief doesn't do that. It's so shallow. It's driven by things that aren't real. It's temporary. But conviction belief. Being convinced, so convinced, you will believe in. You will surrender to, give yourself over to Jesus. That's when things start happening. That is God's salvation. Oh. Then we come to this last part on your sheet. Um, somebody might be saying this. So, Pastor, now I'm not sure if I have the kind of belief that brings salvation. Your series has created some doubts. Maybe almost wondering, why did I listen to all these messages? Because I thought I was a, a believer. And now because of what you're talking about, it's like I'm not even sure if I have the kind of beliefs that bring salvation. I'm starting to have some doubts. And so the question becomes, it's a good question, what do I do? You know, what do I do? The answer is pretty simple. If you have any doubts, if you're not sure you have the conviction belief that really saves, make sure. Make sure. Make it real. Make it genuine. Go to Jesus and let him know you are convinced that you're a sinner. You need to be saved. Confess that sin and ask him to forgive you because of what he did on the cross for you. And tell him you are so convinced of your need for him, who he is and what he's done, that you are willing to give your life over to him, to commit yourself 
to Him. To surrender to Him. Ask Him to come into your life and begin to change you. Let Him know you want a relationship. And just make it real. That's how you deal with doubts. That's how you deal with uncertainties. You just make it real. And you might say, well, well, that's kind of uncomfortable. That's almost embarrassing because it's like saying I wasn't really a Christian when I thought I was. Well, that's okay. Make sure. Nothing to be embarrassed about. Make sure. And so um, Rob's going to come up and we're going to sing another song together. This is a pretty simple song. Um, I've decided to follow Jesus. And what a great time for you to decide to follow Jesus. To decide to place in Him conviction belief. The kind of belief, the kind of surrender that will impact your life. So let's sing that song and and use it. If you need to, talk to God. We'll sing. You talk to God. And you surrender your life to Him. Give your life to Jesus. Believe in Him. These are the words of a person who has conviction belief. That's not acknowledgement belief. That's not preference belief. That is true conviction, belief. Um, I want to pray before we sing the last song. And I want to pray for anyone here who, as we were singing that song, uh, decided to follow Jesus. You, you asked Jesus to forgive you, to come into your life. You surrendered your life to him. So let's bow. I want to pray for those people. And it helps if I know who they are. So if, 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 if you just uh, gave your life to Jesus, conviction, belief, it's real this time. Could you just slip your hand up and, and put it down again? I want to make sure I know who I'm praying for. Just up and down. Okay, let's pray. Our Father, I thank you for your spirit who moves in the life of people, drawing them to yourself. Father, there are so many people who say they believe, but it's not the belief that saves. They, they just accept some facts. Father, there are people who temporarily say they believe and they're all excited, but it's so shallow, Lord, it's just something they prefer to do at the time for some reason, and then they walk away. Father, that doesn't save us. But Father, then there are those who, who can sing this song. They are convinced that they need you so much that they have given their lives over to you, committed to following you and having that wonderful relationship with you through Jesus. They believe in Jesus. And Lord, I thank you for those who have come to you as we sang that song and have, however they worded it, surrendered their life to Jesus to follow him. Father, I want to pray now that in the next hours, in the next day. Uh, but soon, Lord, 
you would give them an affirmation. Give them an evidence that will let them know that this is real now. This is genuine. And let that give them great assurance as they continue then to live for you and let you begin to impact their entire life. Father, we, uh, we thank you for this series, for the things that you've shown us. And we thank you, Father, for maybe new creations, new lives that will come out of this. And it will be for your glory. It will be because of your spirit drawing people and working in their hearts. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.